Just in time for summer, the folks at Epic Brewing have released a new canned cocktail, the Utah Margarita. A delicious blend of real lime and agave, the Utah Margarita is ready to drink by the river or in the park. And here's the kicker, no need to buy it at a liquor store. Pick up a six pack of Epic Brewing's Utah Margarita at any local Harmon's or Trader Joe's, or visit Epic Brewing on State Street in downtown Salt Lake City. Here's what Salt Lake's talking about. A lot of us get work done at coffee shops, but for many Salt Lakers, our local coffee houses are more than a temporary desk. They're a sanctuary, an extension of our living room. So what makes a good one great? And can we name the best? It's Monday, November 13th. I'm Ali Bayarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Salt Laker Alonso Reina Rivarola, you are a serious cafetero. I know this because I follow you on Twitter, and you are always posting from different coffee shops around the valley. Where does your love of coffee come from? Yeah, I grew up in Lima and uh, in Peru, so miles and miles away. And I have vivid memories of my mom and my grandma drinking coffee in the kitchen table, having conversations. And I have always been kind of an observer of like social settings and society. So I really love that aspect of the relationship, the, the ritual, the connection, and coffee was always around. So that you know, really got me into coffee, I would say. Are there things that you look for to assess the vibe of a coffee shop? Like subtleties? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, there are some things that are very obvious and some things that maybe are more subtle, right? So I like to do my research. Uh, I like to know... um, which coffee shops are also, one, locally owned, right? Because that's really important to me. But I also give preference to any spots that are maybe POC owned, immigrant owned. So that's something that, you know, is really important to me, first of all. Then I really look around to see if there's local artwork. I really enjoy when people at coffee shops or, you know, coffee shop owners bring in the local scenery into the coffee shop by really like being intentional about what artwork they're showing and showcasing. Um, smells are also really important. I like to visit coffee shops that have roasters inside as well because that just brings about a full different experience into my coffee drinking. You know, when listeners to the show and readers of our newsletter write into us, one of the most common topics is the idea of third spaces, basically like places you can go in the city that aren't work. I mean, people have different different definitions of their spaces. I like to think about it as a place you can go where you can strike up a conversation with someone and it's not weird to do so. <laughs> is like that one of the reasons that hanging out in coffee shops is important to you or valuable? Like, Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things about me is that I actually grew up undocumented in Utah. I'm still undocumented. I have access to um, Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, which allows me to legally work in the U.S. But nonetheless, you know, being undocumented, I had limited access to third spaces, right? I had limited access to spaces where I could go in because some spaces required, you know, a valid form of ID, which I didn't have at many years of my life here in the United States, right? So 
for example, even if I wanted to go watch an R-rated movie, like I couldn't because I couldn't present a valid form of ID, right? Like I was telling a friend the other day that you know one of the breweries that I like to go to has a sign outside of their door that says "Everyone is welcome." But as someone who grew up undocumented without DACA in the U.S., I had to question that. I was like. Is everyone really welcome? <laughs> right. Yeah. So coffee shops have become a place for me where I get to, you know, not have to think about that or worry about it too much. And also, I think it's great as an introvert. You know, it is a place where I can eavesdrop into like people's conversations or also participate in them. But I've had really powerful moments at coffee shops where, you know, with students, with friends, colleagues who, you know, have shared really intimate, you know, information or things about themselves broken down. You know, I remember your episode about, you know, public places to cry. And certainly for me has been coffee shops, right? Like, I think that's something that, you know, really stood out to me because it's it's true. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I don't even think we talked about coffee shops in that episode, which feels like, I mean, a huge miss on our part. They are right there. I've definitely cried in a coffee shop. <laughs> I mean, I've lived some big moments in coffee shops just by virtue of the fact that it's like, I don't know, the only place with a public restroom or like there is a safety to them, I think. Like they offer some of the comforts of a living room, like they replicate a living room, but they don't have the the trauma that your living room might have, you know, like not everyone felt safe in their living room <laughs> as a child, but like a comfy chair is a comfy chair. Absolutely. And there is like a level of intimacy at coffee shops that, yeah, you're maybe unable to replicate at a public library, for instance, right? Like that maybe feels more busy, more transient. Whereas a coffee shop, some people spend hours there. I know I have spent hours there. And like you said, big moments I've submitted my undergraduate thesis, my master's capstone, my first publication from coffee shops, right? So yeah, um, it's it's a space that has definitely, you know, made space for me to document my story as an undocumented immigrant in the United States, right? Yeah. Okay, what's your order and has it evolved over the years? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think when I was younger, of course, and barely, you know, getting into coffee, uh, milk was essential. You know, it was of the essence to join my coffee order. But uh, once I moved to the U.S. and, you know, started drinking coffee more on my own, I moved away from that and really enjoy a black cup of coffee. Um, you know, an Americano with like, yeah, no cream, no sugar. And I do enjoy lattes with oat milk. Um, that really has elevated my coffee game, I would say. Um, but I don't mind being a purist when it comes to drinking a black cup of coffee. It's just so comforting. The Living Traditions Festival is back in downtown Salt Lake City, May 17th through 19th. And this is when I come alive. It is so easy to sell me on three days of Washington Square and Library Square converting to a global food court. And this festival has truly been one of my favorites for years now. Living Traditions convenes the diversity of artistic traditions, food heritage, music, and art from the many cultures that have made Utah their home. You can expect everything from live music and dance to hands-on workshops, a little shopping, Sundance film screenings, and Bohemian Brewery. There is something for the whole family, and it's free entry. Come celebrate all of the rich cultures that make up our community. 
Find more information on the festival and view the full program guide at livingtraditionsfestival.com or on Instagram and Facebook at SLC Living Trad. We talk a lot on this show about our city's crown jewels. What are the institutions that open doors in our community and regulate its pulse? I choose Salt Lake Community College, and it is a home for incredibly focused Salt Lakers. Nearly 80% of their students work while going to school, many full-time jobs. If I could do college all over again, I would not be 33 and sitting on these damn student loans. And slick students aren't. 80% graduate with little to no student loan debt or save thousands knocking out credits before transferring to a four-year institution. Every day, Salt Lake Community College is transforming lives and communities through education. If you wanna learn something new, refine a trade, or pursue a higher degree for the first time, explore your options at slcc.edu. Study alongside hard workers, save precious money, and be one in a class of 19, not 100. Epic Brewing is one of the OGs in building Utah's craft beer scene. But I am most excited about their recent adventures in canned cocktails. First, they released the Utah Mule. And as a big fan of ginger, I have been sipping those for almost a year now. But now, this April, we have the Utah Margarita. A delicious, locally fermented blend of real lime and agave, and they create alcohol by fermenting cane sugar instead of using tequila, which means you can buy Utah margaritas at the grocery store. Pick up a six-pack of Epic Brewing's Utah Margarita or Utah Mule at any local Harmon's or Trader Joe's, or you can visit Epic Brewery on State Street in downtown Salt Lake City. They're open seven days a week. And this fall, look out for the Utah Cosmo. Well, I mean, let's get into the good stuff. What do you think is the best coffee house in the Salt Lake Valley? That's an excellent question. And my answer changes over time. I am someone who likes to visit coffee shops frequently. I think my one constant, however, has been uh, Mill Creek Coffee Roasters. Um, so I love that little spot. It's been such a good spot to me um, in multiple senses. I've had really good meetings with people there. I've had really fun encounters with folks too who I didn't know. I've had good food. I've had good coffee, of course. And I've written a lot from that coffee shop, which also has an important significance in my life. But their coffee is outstanding. So that's what keeps me going. I have to confess, I've never been there. Can you paint a picture for me? Yeah, absolutely. Milk Creek um, Coffee Roasters is uh, located downtown, right? It's really close to the Grand America Hotel. It's accessible via tracks. So that already is a perk. When you walk in, I really love the glass windows. They're really big. There's plants, which is also something that's you know, really catchy to me. There is kind of a bar sitting area. There is more of uh, you know tall tables. So you have an array of options in terms of sitting, which is also really important to me. Um, they do roaster coffee in-house. So again, those scents come from like right away. 
there is on the right hand side as soon as you walk in um, of course they have beans that you can purchase and they have burlap sacks at the bottom that you can take home for free i believe which is kind of fun and you know they have their little coffee um, serving station and also their kitchen and one of the funny things about this particular location that I actually love is that in their bathroom, on top of the urinal, there is this awesome painting of coffee mugs that I simply adore. <laughs> so great. I mean, a bathroom can really make a... Like, I think the New York Times did a spread a couple weeks ago that was like the weirdest bathrooms in the United States. And I'm sure that story got so many clicks. Love it. It makes total sense to me. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. What are some of the runner-ups? Or runners-up? Is it like attorneys general? Runners-up? Okay. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> um, so let's see. For me, I would say... Um, currently, so Kings Peak is also a really nice place to go to. I really like their location. I really like that they have exposed brick and um, mm -hmm. the ambience in itself is just really nice. Their coffee is outstanding. Um, they also have cool bathrooms. <laughs> if, that, if that is a theme here. I know the trend. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it has to be the full experience, you know. Um, Red Moose has also been one of the ones that has been constant in my life um, or in my time here in Salt Lake City. And yesterday, I actually went to the soft opening for um, Loki Coffee, which um, really impressed me. I'm really excited. They are POC owned. Mm -hmm. They're Chinese American and Filipino owned. And the coffee shop is named after their late cat. So... I know, which is so sad, but also beautiful because the owners were really intentional about bringing him in this journey with them. Oh. So, I mean, I'm not a cat person, but I'm always going to ride for someone's lost and beloved pet. The, I'm excited to try that place because they're also, their baked goods are from Tomodachi Bake Shop, right? Which those right, croissants right, right. are like out of this world. Mm -hmm. Outstanding. Are there places on your list that you haven't been that are like, do you keep a, because I'm a woman who keeps a spreadsheet of all the bars I've gone to. <laughs> so like, do you keep any sort of list of where you've been or have a list of places you want to try? So funny enough, like my partner and I recently started keeping a list uh, and we've been good about visiting those places. But for example, tomorrow, actually, we're driving all the way up to Logan <laughs> and one of the spots that we're going to visit is Cafe Ibis, right? Um, I think that's, you know, a classic spot up there and he's never been to it up there. So I'm really excited to go up there with him. Of course, we'll try a hike and just see the city, but the coffee is definitely something that's going to like, you know, take us there too. Something I want to ask you is what you think is missing from Salt Lake's coffee scene? Because we do have, I mean, a lot of coffee shops, especially for being a state that notoriously doesn't consume a lot of coffee? Yeah, that's a wonderful question. So one of the coolest spaces that I had a chance to visit actually in Dallas was um, a coffee shop called Wild Detectives. Um, and one of the things I loved about them was that they offer multiple things. So in addition to having delicious coffee, they also had a license um, to be a mini bar of sorts. So they sell beer or, and also like wine. They're also a bookshop. So that was fun that you can, you know, pick up a book and read it while you drink coffee. You don't have to buy it. You can just really participate in the consumption of knowledge. And the coolest thing was that in the backyard, they have a beautiful backyard with like a bunch of benches and places to, see that, to sit. 
And they also have a stage. And in that stage, you know, they have summer concerts and, you know, spoken word artists. And I know that in Salt Lake, we have a few venues that may, you know, hold space for that. For example, uh, Greenhouse Effect or also Mestizo Coffee House, right? That really lend themselves to have community events or presenters, speakers in a small, intimate setting. But this one just took it to the next level. And I think that would be one of the things that I would look for, forward to. Yeah. What else? The hours. Um, I One of the reasons why I love, you know, Milk Rate Coffee Roasters is that they open really early and I'm an early bird. But I also sometimes, you know, get out of work late and I would love to get a cup of coffee with my partner somewhere and our options are mega limited, right? So we've been frequenting like either Coffee Garden or District Coffee um, because they open until 8-ish. But nonetheless, that's still super early. (laughs) So early. Wow. Boy, do I second that. Because, yeah, I mean, a lot of these places close at like 2 or 3. So for those of us who like an afternoon coffee, like I like a 4 p.m., 3 p.m. coffee, you can't even necessarily – I mean, you can't even cruise through Java Joe's after like 7 p.m. Never mind if you get off work at 9 and you just want somewhere to kind of decompress. And to your point about like these being sort of alternatives to bars – there really aren't that many where you could go and even just sit and kind of just be, I don't know, kikiing with someone in the same way that you would at a bar, but like not at a bar, right? Where you're not ID'd or you don't need to be drinking until 11, 12. It'd be nice to have one that's open till like 2 a.m., but. Right. And I feel pre-pandemic, we were better about that. But after pandemic, mm-mm. No. That, um, the Gorman days on 3rd East, I think they used to be open until 11, and it was on their sign explicitly. Because I used to live on 30s, and I remembered when I moved there, seeing the sign that said, coffee until 11 p.m., and I was like, oh, <laughs> it was exciting. Absolutely. Like, there is something so important about that, right? Again, it, it's a space where, like, maybe, like, you need a neutral ground to have an important conversation that late, right? And you don't want to go to a loud bar, and a coffee shop might be more appropriate for that conversation, but there's nothing now. <laughs> I also, working from home, like some days by 6 p.m., I just need to get out of the house just for the sake of it, like just to prove I can. <laughs> and so I find myself going to like movies or, but if I could go like, I don't know, play cards at a coffee shop or something, I think I would. Absolutely. That would make a total difference. Maybe you should open a 24-hour coffee shop. Oh my gosh. <laughs> just think about it. Just think about it. I've thought about it for sure. <laughs> Alonso, anything else that I should ask you? Anything we missed? I think as someone who lives outside of Salt Lake City proper, right? Like I live all the way down in Taylorsville, which is actually really close to work. So that's convenient. But I crave more local coffee shops on the west side of Salt Lake City, right? So I'm really excited for culture coffee that's coming. Uh, And I don't mind traveling for a cup of coffee. So that's okay too. But something closer to here would be nice. We have Hidden Peaks, which I appreciate. I really like having them around, but having, again, more POC-owned coffee shops on the west side of Salt Lake City would be wonderful. Alonso Reina Rivarola, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. I'm sure I will run into you at a cafe. Thank you for having me. There's been a lot of talk in this city about how construction is impacting small businesses. Most recently, the non-alcoholic bar Curiosity closed their doors and had been vocal about construction on 900 South diverting patrons. 
Now, the city does offer grants of up to $3,000 for small businesses who may be impacted by road work. They're called construction mitigation grants. The money is intended to give business owners a little cash to get creative, to help get customers in the door despite physical barriers. I would also argue road work, often a psychological barrier. And though you can apply for a construction mitigation grant multiple times, some business owners told KUER it is just not enough. It doesn't make up for lost revenue. And at the end of the day, it still creates more work for them. Could it be worth the sacrifice in the end if a new bike lane or beautified sidewalk ultimately draws more customers for years after? Yeah, but you gotta make it through. That is all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. Thank you for listening. We will be back tomorrow morning with more from around this city. Bye.